On this episode of the ACA Education Podcast, Justin speaks with Gina Deaton, the president of the Contemporary Acapella Society of America. Gina gives an update on CASA's programs and discusses this weekend's Los Angeles Acapella Festival. Let's get ready. It's time for some ACA Education. Hey everybody, it's Justin Glodish with the Aka Education Podcast. Welcome to episode 29. This episode, I have Gina Deaton, who is the president of the Contemporary Acapella Society of America, or CASA. You can check them out at casa.org. Gina, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And you know, I've been involved with CASA for gosh, like I, it feels like forever, like that I've been involved. And, um, you know, we had Deke uh, Sharon on a few weeks ago talking about, um, you know, starting CASA and whatnot. But I'm just curious, how did you get involved uh, with CASA? Well, my first experience with CASA was, like many of us, um, a festival. So my first mm-hmm. festival experience was So Jam uh, many moons ago. I've lost track of exactly which year now. Um, but I, I attended, actually, at the time with my sister, um, Shane Ardell, who a lot of people know, who's also mm-hmm. on the, the CASA board. So she and I attended together, and a, we were doing kind of a, a group, a post-collegiate kind of group together at the time. Um, I actually did not start out in collegiate acapella because my college did not have an acapella. We had an acapella group, but it had four ladies in it. And it was very, it wasn't enough slots to, to get one basically um, out of music school. So they, they were all taken by music majors. And there, there was, and it was a jazz ensemble, actually really mm-hmm. great. Um, but the, there, there was a men's kind of more contemporary acapella group, but there weren't any for the ladies, unfortunately, at the mm-hmm. time. So um, after college, though, Shane kind of got me more involved. So we started singing together in a little group that was based in Atlanta. We went to SoJam together. Um, she had been before. I had not. And she kind of, you know, they, as they say, the rest is history. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I attended a couple times. And then sh- as Shane was getting involved, she they needed some volunteers. So she asked me if I was interested. And that was the year that Sonos was one of the headlining groups for uh, the first time uh, mm-hmm. they headlined back when, before they became Aurora, of course. And um, I actually ended up hosting them for the weekend. And so got really involved with them, got to know them really well, which of course they're amazing. Um, and also got to know a lot of the other people on the events team and a few people from the board as well over that weekend from volunteering. So just over time, volunteered at um, all of the different, best, all three of the festivals at the time um, I, for several years. And then actually when I got to the point where I couldn't go to festivals because I was having babies, um, I when I couldn't do that anymore, I actually started working, like volunteering on the board level because it was something that I could do without having to travel to the festivals. So I uh, got involved. So I've been on the board for a little over six years now. Um, so I started out doing direct, I was a secretary first, and then I became director of HR when we opened that position up. Um, and then I am now serving as the president. That's fantastic. That's a great, that's a great, like, 
um, trajectory, really, you know, starting out by volunteering and working your way up. That's fantastic. Um, now, you mentioned SoJam, which for a lot of um, educators out there, that's um, that's a festival that that is in um, North Carolina every mm-hmm. year, um, right. usually in the fall. And it's one of the um, few festivals that's actually sponsored by CASA throughout the year. Um, recently just held theirs virtually this year. And um, actually, this coming weekend um, of this airing is uh, the Los Angeles Acapella Festival, um, which is also virtual. So um, can you actually talk a little bit about that? Because I'm going to talk a, a little bit about the performers in a, in a second. But um, can you describe the uh, Los Angeles Acapella Festival coming this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited. Um, you know, this year's been a, a tough one for everyone. We miss having everyone in person a thousand percent, and we are going to all be storing up lots of excited hugs and, uh, you know, singing notes and all kinds of things to celebrate when we get back in person. The It has been an interesting year for the virtual events arena. Um, we had SoJam in December, and honestly, I think it was a pleasant surprise and a breath of fresh air for all of us. Um, we weren't really sure what to expect as far as how connected we would feel over the virtual format, but we use a t- an online tool called Hopin for our virtual events. Um, for SoJam, we tried it for the first one, of course, and it was actually super fun. They have a pretty great chat feature that allows everybody to interact during performances and classes. And then some really neat networking tools for between all of those things where you can kind of like randomly be assigned somebody actually to like video chat with. So between all of those different tools, we actually all felt like walked away from the weekend totally excited for the next virtual event. Everyone I've talked to that attended SoJam in December virtually is just cannot wait for a laugh actually. So um, it's an interesting year because I think we're actually going to have people who attend all three festivals in the scholastic season, which if we were in person, that doesn't normally happen. People don't generally travel to all three unless they're serving or, you know, volunteering. But um, this year, I think we're actually going to have quite a few people who attend all three. And in fact, most of the people I talk to are looking forward to coming and trying to figure out how many people they can get to come with them because they had so much fun. Um, the The level of quality of people we're able to get for education, you know, for the, teaching the classes and also just for the performances is, uh, is it's, it's just a different opportunity because we aren't paying any travel costs. So we're actually mm-hmm. able, so for Sojam as an example, we had five uh, professional groups from five continents, um, which Mm -hmm. we could never do in person because of travel expenses. So similarly for LAF, we're going to have four performing groups from four continents. So super excited. Um, Mike Capella from Singapore is going to be our headlining group, a group called Just Six from South Africa, um, Rebel Bit from Italy, Mm. And then Pipeline Vocal Project from Alaska. So we're, we're, we're hitting four continents, super excited, and really love the kind of variety that we're able to bring in on the virtual format. So I think my message to everyone would be like, it's uh, the price point's never been lower, first of all, because it's virtual. So that's a great, great situation um, to, to pay such a low price to get into everything over the course of the weekend. Of course, you can kind of hop in, I know hop in is the name of our tool, so we all laugh about how much we ended up accidentally using it, but you can hop into different classes. Um, you can kind of engage with it at whatever level you'd like to over the weekend. You can do every minute of it, which is what I ended up doing. And a lot of people did just because we were having so much fun. Um, but we're able to have educators from Europe, from Asia, from all around the world kind of engage who may not be able to normally uh, attend or come to the festivals because of travel restrictions. So 
it's just their schedules don't usually allow them to to teach at these festivals. So it's been such a gift to have access to them in this time because they can set aside a couple hours on a weekend and teach these amazing classes. So it's been great, actually. Um, we're we're really it's been a pleasant surprise this year how much fun and how high quality these festivals have been. And um, the Marone and the who is our director of events and the events teams are just blowing it out of the water. They're just doing an amazing job. I'm incredibly proud of our teams and how it's been a huge shift for us to change from in-person festivals to virtual festivals. Um, but they've just done, they've, they've knocked it out of the park. So I'm, I'm super proud of our teams and um, we're at, you know, adding new things for laugh and for boss. Um, so we are planning to do all three this, this season. So we're, we're trying to find a couple new things to add for each one to kind of make them a little different. We did not do a scholastic competition for SoJam. We just did kind of a video showcase, a scholastic mm-hmm. showcase. We are doing a competition, a video competition. So it will be judged and there will be awards given uh, for laugh. We're also adding a, what we call the Sunday spotlight, which is um, for, it's a showcase for post-collegiate groups. So we're going to have a professional, you know, concert. We're also going to have the scholastic competition. And then for the groups that aren't scholastic, but also aren't professional, we're having kind of a, um, a, what we call the Sunday spotlight. So there will be some great representation from kind of all different levels of acapella world, which is super exciting and something we're excited to capture on a, in a virtual way. Cause of course in a real in-person, I say real, but in an in-person event, we would have a lot more performance opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we're super excited to build some more of those in this time around. Awesome. Yeah. And the silver lining is, like you said, the fact that you're able to get all of these different performing groups from different continents to, to give their time to be able to perform virtually. I know that for me personally, traveling to North Carolina, traveling to Los Angeles, I mean, I think the easiest one for me would be the Boss Festival, being in New York and just going sure. to Boston. But I mean, it's, it's very tricky. But now having that opportunity to attend all three and, and view what's going on. And I mean, we had the Pipeline Vocal um, Project here uh, a few episodes ago, and they're just a phenomenal group of ladies. They're so and fun. Just the, um, and just everything that um, each festival has to offer and you know at least for a lot of the educators out there i mean this is the contemporary society uh, acapella society of america but acapella is really part of that that universal language of music and it's just it's everywhere so you know when you bring in someone from singapore you bring in someone from italy and south africa it's just it really speaks to um what the genre i, I mean i'll use the genre but it's really it's categorized in so many other genres. The of way course. that they perform it is is just how acapella has really grown to be worldwide, um, and I think Casa has has played a part in that, especially in setting up these festivals. And like you said, your team has like worked nonstop to make sure that this could be the best opportunity for any of us to join. And I mean, you have a couple of days left to to get tickets for Laugh, um, but right now, I mean, tickets for are forty dollars for a weekend of amazing you know, workshops and concerts with, um, you know, world quality, world-class talent. So make sure you get those tickets if you haven't done so already. Um, now these festivals aren't the only thing that CASA has, has going for them. You know, they're also the acapella video awards and the contemporary acapella recording awards, which I mean, I've seen just blow up over the past few years. I mean, myself, I'm, I've been a nominator and a judge for both. Thank and, you. Um, just, just the talent that comes through, not just professionally, but scholastically. Some of these high school Absolutely. groups that are out there and collegiate groups. Wow. And middle school groups, I will say. Ah, yes. There are some I mean, great scholastic recordings going on and videos. I mean, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. It has been amazing to see how things have shifted. 
Yeah. So um, can you just kind of give a little brief um, rundown of like how the acapella video awards and the contemporary, the caras, if you will, how they, mm-hmm. uh, how they run for you? Absolutely. So we call the, the video awards, the AVAs, acapella video mm-hmm. awards. And the, as you mentioned, the recording awards, we call the caras. So the caras have actually been our longest running program. So uh, there, we're about to hit the 30 year mark on the caras, which is hard to believe, wow. but you know, we're the only judge acapella recording award in the world. There is not mm-hmm. a single other awards program um, that is a, you know, a nominated and judged. Um, there's another one that's more of a people's choice award. Um, I think it's the, you know, the acapella music awards, the AMAs, but that's based in Nashville, which is, you know, a good friend of ours that does those, which is great. Um, but the, the CARAs are the only actual judge, like just not people's choice, but just like an actual judged award in the world. And we have a whole lot of international participation with the CARAs. Mm -hmm. It's actually our most international program because it's the only one that has existed um, and and we've been around for so long. So that one is one that we're super proud of. And um, Jessica Chen's our director of awards. She's done an amazing job just kind of taking that continuing to improve the quality and the outreach. Um, our submissions have continued, you know, to increase over the last several years, this year included. So even though folks aren't able to do as much performing in person, we're seeing that they're recording and doing videos, which is fantastic. So we've actually had increased submissions this year, which mm-hmm. is an interesting kind of byproduct of our little COVID quarantine that we're all experiencing. Um, just really, it's been an amazing thing to watch. Um, last year we had you know, we had to, we had to shut boss down. Uh, I think it was less than two weeks before the festival was scheduled to happen because that one was, you know, in early April. So it was right when everything was shutting down. And um, one of the things that was sad about it was at boss, we usually do the Cara awards ceremony, um, but we did a virtual format instead. And actually that was really fun. So we're doing that again this year because all these international groups who submitted could actually tune in and be a mm-hmm. part of everything that was going on. So um, we really had a blast doing that last year and had a lot of great feedback. So we're excited about that this year. So how the kind of rhythm of the year goes is um, we have what we call rolling submissions, which is where submissions are always available for the video and recording awards. We may take, we have an online application. Shane, actually, my sister Shane Ardell developed that herself uh, several years ago. And um, it's just, it's a really great tool. So we have an online submission system for that. We may shut it down for like a month. Uh, to to do maintenance and and add new features, but um, generally speaking, it's always available. So we we have you know, and this is all available on the Casa website as far as the dates and the deadlines. But for each one, so for the Avas, we have submissions, and I, those close out in the fall. Then we do a round of nominating, and then um, once the nominees are kind of set, that group, then we have a group of volunteer judges, such as yourself, who goes through and either watches every video or listens to every song and rank orders them. Um, and we we do first past the post. We don't do first past the post voting. We do consensus voting, which means let's say you know uh, that a certain song has the most number one votes may not actually be the winner. It's consensus among the judges. So let's say all 10 judges put a certain song in their top three. That's probably the one that's going to win. So we look for consensus across the judges as opposed to just the sheer number of placements um, of, of given placements. Anyway, so it's, it's, um, we've worked really hard over many years. You know, Julia Hoffman kind of made the Caras into what it is today and the high quality that it was. And, you know, Julia and Shane and now Jessica have really all pitched in and invested a lot of time and blood and sweat and tears in making the awards program 
a truly high quality reflection of and celebration really of the work that's being done and the creative energy that's being poured into these videos and recordings. Um, I nominate and judge and, you know, in those every year or two, I love being a part of that program and just contributing to it. And I love, I think one of my favorite things about CASA and the awards program is a really obvious example of this is just how many humans come together to make this one really cool thing happen. And everybody mm -hmm. plays a small part and it's from, you know, the, the people actually singing on every track to the people producing the tracks and mixing and, and finalizing, getting all the technical aspects to, you know, Shane, who's building the, the uh, and like maintaining the application to keep everything running to every single nominator, every single judge out there. Um, it's, it ends up being just hundreds of people when you think about all that has to come together. And then we're able to really celebrate all this amazing creative energy um, and recognize, and, and I'll tell you when I nominate and judge, I go, I end up like adding people to my playlist and downloading mm -hmm. albums because it, you just fall in love with these pieces that you're hearing and this amazing creativity and this amazing quality. So um, it's a really, it's a, it's a really exciting thing that we get to continue. Um, obviously we didn't, we didn't build it, but it's a really exciting thing to get to continue something that has such a strong legacy in the community. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned how just the influx of, of videos and, and audio files just came this year. And I think part of that is because the performance opportunities just weren't there for anybody. You know, right. I, at least I know for with, with my group and, you know, some of my colleagues with their groups, it literally turned into, you know, projects, uh, creating you know, your virtual choir videos, recording albums virtually, things like that. And, you know, just talking to some of my producer friends, it's like they saw an influx in you know, some of the, um, some of their clients work just because it was all they really could do with, uh, the limited, you know, performances that they had. Exactly. So, um, but I, I totally agree with you. You mentioned that, you know, like your playlists have grown because of, you know, like, and it's all blind nomination, you know, mm -hmm. it's all blind judging. So you don't know it's every, you know, track is a number, but for me, I'm like, God, I want to know what this is, you know, right. I'm like, you kind I of end up searching and, just yeah, after yeah, just you're done nominating like, and judging, you end up searching just to find them so you can listen to them again. Cause they're so great. Yeah. And it, it's fantastic between, you know, the collegiate ones. And I, I've listened to some of the world ones I, I've been like put into like nominate some of like the world music that comes out. Mm -hmm. and there's just really, really cool stuff out there. Absolutely. Um, now uh, one of the things that we, I you were talking about, well, we weren't talking about it yet. Um, but, you know, CASA has been around for, for several years and each year, you know, it, it's continually evolving. Um, so what are some of the new initiatives that um, CASA is looking to bring forward to the table as we continue to grow um, as an organization? Absolutely. We are getting really good at virtual events this year. So mm -hmm. we've had people, a lot of people ask, are we planning to continue that? And that is a goal that we have to do, to continue to do some type of hybrid between in-person and virtual events. And um, so obviously we'll have to figure all the logistics of that out, but we, because it is something that we can do to offer to both the international community and to people who maybe can't travel or um, just even being able to lower that price point on the, just to reduce the financial barrier there, um, we, we really would like to continue to offer the virtual option at, even when we're back in person. So mm -hmm. we will be back in person someday and we're also hoping to somehow come, you know, marry the two so that we can continue to offer this. Um, you know, it's been really fun to see people engaging from Canada and Australia, people who've never been able to attend a CASA festival before, and they're able to engage in this really amazing way with the online tools. So we, we definitely want to try to keep that going as much as possible. Um, the 
I think the the main things I'll focus on, we, we just established a scholarship program, which is a very new thing for Costa. We've never had a scholarship program. So the idea is that we're raising funds to help cover the cost of people coming to festivals. Right now, obviously, those are virtual tickets, but when we're in person, that will cover attendance as far as tickets and travel expenses, which honestly, the travel expenses are some of the largest barriers for certainly college groups. So the idea is to be able to, to um, really enable people who want to come that may not have been able to before because of the financial struggles that, you know, maybe they don't have the resources or don't have the opportunities to do fundraising. You know, some schools are more generous than others when it comes to supporting acapella groups and their endeavors and projects and outings. So we we really want to level that playing field as much as possible. So super excited. We raised about $12,000 over SoJam oh, wow. Week. Um, and that was our first time really trying to raise funds for a very um, focused cause like that. So it was super exciting. We're getting help from a group called Harmony Foundation International. They um, came sort of out, out of the barbershop world, actually, but have become a vocal music fundraising organization. So they're helping us with that, um, which has been great. Um, so the scholarship fund is definitely one thing I'll mention because I, it's kind of overdue. I think everybody agrees that we should have had something like that in the past. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't. And we're, it's, it's been really great to kind of be spearheading, finally bringing that to the table. So very excited. We're, we're hoping we're planning to start using scholarship funds for BOSS this year so that groups will have an opportunity to use it even if they want to submit for the competition. So that'll be, that'll be, so we're going to announce all of that oh, this coming weekend at LAFT, talk more about that. And um, it, we'll, we're super excited to get that roll, rolling out and actually start utilizing those funds. And we'll continue to raise funds too, because we'll have to uh, raise funds to cover what we use for each festival, but we're super excited. Um, the other thing I'll mention is we we are, you know, this kind of got sidelined by COVID like a whole lot of other things, but we have a sort of budding up and coming chapter program that we're working on and we're starting with the collegiate level. So um, our pilot year, which was not this school year, but last school year before COVID hit, um, it was UCF, University of Central Florida. And they have, I think it's 10 acapella groups on campus, if I remember the number correctly. And of course, they're not the only one. Uh, they're not the only campus in the, in, the, in, in the United States who have multiple acapella groups. The idea being that we can um, help them unify under an umbrella to work together, to hold like common auditions, um, to do shared concerts, to do shared service projects, to have kind of an executive board that oversees and really bring the acapella groups on that campus together as a chapter, a collegiate CASA chapter is the idea. Um, mm -hmm. So really enjoyed that with the UCF groups their first year and looking to expand that. Of course, this year we were hoping to do five to 10 chapters this year and that completely got sidelined because nobody's almost nobody's on campus right now but i'm really excited to bring that back once things are returning back to normal hopefully this coming scholastic season um and ultimately this this is me putting on my president hat for a minute my sort of five plus year vision for the chapter program is that it'll expand in both mm -hmm. directions so it'll start off being collegiate chapters but then that it'll move to We'll also have, um, you know, high school chapters, middle school chapters, and then we'll also have post-collegiate chapters that are more locally based, like based in a city, you know, San Francisco or Atlanta or whatever it is. And that then those chapters in, a, in the same geographic area can work together, whether it's with community outreach, service projects, doing concerts together, you know, 
we're, it's an interesting thing because when we first started, when the, you know, 20 years ago, when acapella was becoming the cool thing to do on your college campus, you knew who the acapella groups were on your campus or down right. the street or around the corner. Now that we're also united across the world, you know who the groups are in Singapore, but you might not know who the groups are down your street. We're kind of mm -hmm. in the opposite. So we're really looking to go more in that localized direction and how do we connect people right where they are. Um, so trying to be a conduit. The other thing that we that we find is when people relocate, they want to find acapella community. Right. They want to find a community where they're moving to and there's not right now, there's not an existing way to really find that quickly. Um, mm -hmm. So we're hoping that this chapter idea will become, you know, sort of the, an, an entry point for people to be able to, when they do relocate, they can visit the chapter in their area, get to know people, see if there are any, you know, potential collaborations to be, to be found in their area. So that's kind of the, my, again, this is my five plus year vision for CASA. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see, you know, obviously I, that requires there being some normalcy in the world so people can get together and sing. Um, and of course we're all dying for that to happen. So hopefully COVID will, will, will all get back to normal soon and be able to hit the ground running uh, with the chapter program, hopefully later this year. That's awesome. Yeah. And the chapter program just brings up, you know, something that uh, almost every single guest on this podcast has brought up. And that's the idea of networking, you know, just um, making those connections. You know, you mentioned, you know, people moving from one place to another and not knowing. I, I, I believe, you know, a while back, there used to be um, a contemporary acapella league, um, which, you know, had groups in specific areas. And I don't know if they were necessarily competitions or they, they put together, you know, performances together because they knew that they were in the same area area. Um, you know, and I had a couple friends, you know, down on Long Island who had their own groups and they had like in a lot of groups in the city, you know, um, which who would perform together um, right. whenever they had the chance. There used to be like, there used to be specific bars right. <laughs> in like, in like the village that you could go to that like had acapella on Friday and Saturday nights. And it was like a showcase of like four or five different groups. And it was just, it was really cool to see. And hopefully once performances start again, that, right. you know, these groups will be able to get, get back into the swing of things. Um, so you also, uh, have some regional, um, folks like people in charge of like different regions. And I know earlier this year, I actually, um, had a conversation with Isaiah Hawkins, who's yeah. one of your, um, regional managers, Absolutely. Um, who, um, who brought up, you know, had a nice discussion. Um, this was actually back around, you know, uh, during the time of George Floyd and, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the huge, um, Black Lives Matter movement and whatnot. And, um, he had a nice discussion about, you know, race relations. And, um, that's one of the things that I love seeing Casa, um, take part in is, you know, really kind of connecting what we do to everything that's going on in the world around us. Can, can you kind of describe what, you know, your regional managers are, um, are taking care of in terms of, you know, um, in terms of that and like who they are and how, you know, we as, you know, people around the country can contact them. Absolutely. So Isaiah is our uh, regional manager for the uh, North. We'd call him the North regional manager. Um, mm -hmm. He's obviously based in the North, but his, his sort of uh, jurisdiction goes all the way to the East coast of the North. So he, he uh, primarily focuses on those who would normally be candidates to go to boss our Boston festival in the spring right now with uh, everything being virtual, there's a lot of outreach everywhere in all directions. Um, so our amazing relational managers are, are really working every festival this year, which is an interesting shift, but Isaiah is fantastic. And I'm so thrilled that he's on our team. Um, 
the other relation relationship manager I'll mention is Ace Galang. He's based out in California and Ace is also super fantastic. Um, would normally be doing laugh outreach, but is again, we're all doing all outreach all, all mm-hmm. year this year with virtual, our virtual format. So um, there's a, a few different pieces of your question. So I'll try to remember them all, sure. but <laughs> the, the relationship managers are focused largely on, you know, m- reaching make, establishing and maintaining contact with the groups in their region. Um, So that goes from recording awards to video awards, to attending festivals, submitting to compete, just uh, the, again, the chapter program is going to be part of that as well. The becoming the touch point for CASA, their first kind of stop um, and their main connecting point and main relationship with CASA kind of funnels through those folks. So, um, really key people, obviously, in, in the whole process. I will just mention uh, with the, the race relations piece that you mentioned, I think for me, the thing that makes acapella amazing is that any human can do it. It doesn't require, you don't have to invest money in any instrument. You don't have to have, you know, all you have to do is open your mouth and make a noise. It doesn't even have to be a note, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, I love that uniting. It's a level playing field. There's no, um, there's nothing about singing or making noise with your mouth or your body that has, you know, there, there's, it's, it's a very level playing field for all humans. And that's what I love about acapella is it is the most human art form, right? It is literally our bodies are the only instrument. Um, And so for me, I feel like acapella is the ideal art form actually for us to really bring people together. Um, and where we, we aren't really paying attention to pe- the level of resources of each individual or their background. Um, and I don't know about you, but I think one of the most exciting things about acapella is seeing all these people from different backgrounds, different musical cultures coming together and inspiring each other, mm-hmm. uh, melding those things together and really making something completely unique and exciting. So for me, um, all of these different things can and should be where we come together and unite and, and really literally make our, our instruments harmonize together into something new and beautiful that we couldn't do on our own. Right. Um, so we have, you know, around this year, we have done a lot of soul searching. CASA has been largely a white um, organization for a long mm-hmm. time. And so we are very aware of that and want to be super honest about that and also want to do some things to change that to add it, you know, like correctly represent the people that we do represent. Uh, We have a very diverse community and the roots of acapella are not just, uh, you know, white people. Like there is, Mm -hmm. there are a, there's so much diversity in our background. You know, I think about Jerry Lawson. I think about Bobby McFerrin. I think about the, the roots of acapella singing, um, actually largely come from outside of the white culture, white, white Mm -hmm. history. So it's really important to me that we not only honor that, but celebrate that and, you know, support it and like lift it up. Right. Um, Mm because it's such a clear part of our foundation, um, we have been working on a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion plan that has very specific earmarks for things we want to do to make CASA, you know, accurately represent the people that we serve. Um, 
one of the things that we've been doing, again, the scholarship fund has been a really big part of that with the mm-hmm. virtual event with Sojam, we kind of just decided to go ahead and, and get things moving, even though we're not in, in doing in-person events right now. But part of our goal there is to, again, make opportunities for people who may not have had them to come to festivals and increase the diversity of the people that we're bringing in, right? To bring in people who may not have had that opportunity before, because Obviously, we want that to be of great benefit to the people who come, but we also, we need, we need inspiration from fresh spaces as well. Like it's, um, I see it as we're all inspiring and lifting each other up. So it's not just like we're serving somebody else by doing this scholarship where we really want to invite people to bring their experience, their history, their knowledge, their passion to, to what we're doing. Um, even, you know, at festivals and beyond, obviously. So that's just one piece of it, obviously, you know, the, the scholarship program, but really looking at how do we functionally as CASA, like turn the Titanic. We've been around since 91. There's mm-hmm. a lot of history there and a lot of white people. It's true. So I'm just to lay that out there. I'm a white person. I am currently the president of CASA. Um, we have, you know, the most divorced, excuse me, the most diverse board that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that continue, right? To be even more diverse than it is today because our community is diverse. Right. So we are working hard to develop a plan and we're not just doing this to like pay lip service to it. We want to make goals and uh, kind of milestones that are clear and measurable and uh, that the community can see and recognize that we're making changes. So for me, that means personnel, that means a representation and leadership. Um, that means board members, you know, from the highest level all the way, you know, throughout the organization, everyone who works for us, it means uh, doing what we can to, to help our leadership and our organization represent the people that we serve. So we are, we aren't quite ready to share that DEI plan with everyone yet, but we are planning to, um, mm-hmm. and it will have some like very clear that we haven't been doing this well, and this is how we want to improve it. And this is where we want to be, you know, in a year or two or five years. So, um, we're really hopeful that we can be a part. And again, just one part of turning the tide toward, honoring all of the different, uh, very diverse and wonderful backgrounds and uh, various cultures, ethnicities, races, languages that bring and really make acapella amazing, um, really make acapella this beautiful, diverse thing that it can be. Right. And, and, and not for nothing, I think between SoJam and, and the lineup that you currently have, you know, for Laugh Festival, it's, it's evident that, you know, it's, we're moving in that direction. Just, you know, you're talking four, five continents for SoJam and you have four continents here and just the, just the ethnically diverse um, groups that you have performing in different languages. You know, I, we said before, music is a universal language, but you have all these groups performing, you know, in their own languages and really sharing, you know, their part of the world with us. And I, I think, um, I think that whole idea is is important, and I think uh, I'm looking forward to hear that that final fleshed out plan and and seeing how Absolutely. it's going to be moving forward. So um, before we um, head out, I know that Casa is you know it's a it's a nonprofit organization, um, and you know the group is always looking for volunteers. So how can listeners uh, get involved with Casa? 
Yeah, great question. So our website is casa.org, and on there are several ways to get involved. And it's everything from, you know, I mentioned the scholarship fund. We are actively raising funds around LAF. Um, So every festival is an opportunity to kind of spread the word, let people know it's there, and really encourage people. If if festivals, if the acapella community is something that means a lot to you, if for me personally, I'm giving to the scholarship fund because I want as many people as are interested, I want them all to come. I want them all to be a part um, and to have the opportunity to experience such a unique and amazing way to bring people together. Um, so the scholarship, so, you know, on the homepage, when you click, when you go to casa.org, the very first thing you'll see uh, on the, the top of the homepage is about the scholarship fund. There are other ways to get involved. Um, we are co- always looking for nominators and judges for our video mm-hmm. and recording awards. Um, so you'll, when you, if you go to the awards area, you'll be able to submit um, to, to nominate or judge. And we are actively doing right now. We just wrapped up nominating for the CARAs. So we're, you know, always looking for new judges because every, every additional person, every additional set of ears we have means it's a better program, right? More ears means higher quality. So um, that's another great way to get involved. And that's a very seasonal thing. It's, you know, as you know, a handful of hours mm-hmm. once or twice a year. And so and it's, it's super fun to hear what's happening out there, too. Um, we also have actual dedicated positions on the website. And I will say CASA is 100% driven by volunteers. We don't have any paid staff. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize about CASA because we have been around for so long and we're fairly large. Uh, we're kind of the biggest kid on the block, so to speak, and the oldest uh, in the acapella nonprofit world. Um, but we, we don't actually have any paid staff. So everybody's volunteer. And what that means is that we have a lot of roles because each kind of like piece of the pie has to be a little bit smaller because we all have day jobs and families and all those types mm-hmm. of things. So if you go to casa.org, there's a page called Get Involved and it lists our current open positions. Um, Jesse Mark is our director of HR and she's doing a fantastic job. This is another area where we've really tried to increase um, the awareness and how we're actually collecting submissions or applications for different positions. It used to be kind of like you had to know somebody to kind of be asked to do a role within CASA. Now we have like open applications on the website. We try to get the word out to as many people as possible and it's working where we are getting uh, new folks that we didn't know were interested in positions and were available to serve in the community. And we are, you know, slowly the tide is turning for us to have a more diverse representation of the people we serve. So Jesse's been doing an amazing job um, in that role as director of HR, just helping us standardize our processes and make sure that we're reaching as many people, you know, casting the net really wide to find the best possible candidates for these roles. Um, so it's everything from, again, giving to the scholarship fund to, you know, giving, lending your ears for nominating and judging for a few hours a year Or if you have a really specific skill set, like right now we're looking for somebody who's a WordPress expert to help with website stuff because I'm doing the website as uh, my former day job, and which is fine, but I have about 10 hats, as you can imagine, and I'd love to find a WordPress expert. So that's just one example, but there are others like that where if you have technical skills or um, there's so many marketing skills, we definitely need folks on marketing teams right now. So um, if you're interested in getting involved, casa.org is definitely the place to go. And across the top, there's a menu with all the different pages that I've mentioned to kind of hop in and see what um, what interests you. Awesome. There you have it, folks. So if you want to get involved, check out casa.org. Uh, Gina Deaton, the president of CASA, thank you so much for joining me this week on the ACA Education Podcast. Thanks so much, Justin. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Out for the... 
Hey everyone, this is Justin from the Aka Education Podcast here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is what I use to create these podcasts, and let me tell you, it's free. Uh, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And the beauty of it is it will distribute the podcast for you. So I can record on Anchor, and it's going to send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all these other places as well. And I love that I can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Episode 29 is in the books. Thank you so much to Gina Deaton, the president of the Contemporary Acapella Society of America, CASA. And be sure to check out the Los Angeles Acapella Festival this weekend. There's some great acts. It's a great deal. You're going to learn a lot. Thanks again, Gina. Be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode. Follow the podcast on social media at AkaEd Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can also now tune into the podcast on Acaville Radio, acaville.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash podcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Aka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.